Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The James Wilson Show. My name is James Wilson, and today we will be talking about many reporters suggesting that because Trump didn't take this seriously enough, many people are getting sick and could possibly die. In one of Andrew Cuomo's daily press briefings, he suggested that if you want to get a job because you're out of work, you should go work as an essential worker, and we talk about the Phase 4 stimulus bill. Stay tuned, you're listening to The James Wilson Show. So just before we get into everything else, just in case you're wondering or curious, we will talk at a later date, most likely on Friday on the show, about Trump's ban on immigration for the next 60 days. So we'll get to that, just not in this episode. So if that's something you're looking forward to, don't worry, we'll be covering that soon. But as for today, we'll stick to some of these main topics. So the first main topic of the day actually happens to be about the media. As we talk about the media a lot, how they often have an unfair or biased perspective against Donald Trump. And this one reporter basically, in their question, tried to suggest that Donald Trump, because he did not take this seriously enough earlier on, you, you, there could have, there's possibly more deaths and more people have been getting sick. So without further ado, before I talk more about it, let's just listen to the clip. said that by doing it, 
President Trump saved tens of thousands of lives, so I did take it very seriously. Rallies in February and in March, and there are some. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about rallies. I really don't know about rallies. I know one thing. I haven't left the White House in months, except for a brief moment to give a wonderful ship the comfort. In March, I, I don't know. Did I hold a rally? I'm sorry, I hold a rally. Did I hold a rally? Let me tell you, in January, when I did this, yet virtually no cases and no deaths, and yet I put it on. So how could I not? Why was Nancy Pelosi right? Nancy Pelosi is holding a street fair. She wants a street fair in San Francisco in Chinatown to prove. You know what the purpose of it was? To prove that there's no problem. Many other politicians did the same thing and wanted to prove. Yeah. While I was, no, of course not. No, no, no. I, I've been, people are amazed at how early I acted, and I did act early. With that being said, it's very hard to say, let's close down the greatest economy in the history of the world. I had to close down, I and everybody else that works with me, and, and 300 and close to 350 million people built the greatest economy in the history of the world, best employment numbers, best stock market numbers, best numbers in virtually every category, even good manufacturing numbers. The previous administration said manufacturing was dead for our country, even great manufacturing numbers. And you know what? I did that. And somebody walked into my office and said, sir, you're going to have to close down the economy. You're going to have to close the country. But you know what I say to you? We're going to rebuild it. And we're going to rebuild it better, and it's going to go faster than people think. I built it once, I'll build it a second time. So very good points made by President Donald Trump. So now let's actually get into what was said and what the common argument seems to be. So by this reporter, and many other Democrats are suggesting the same thing. We just talked about just a couple episodes ago, Nancy Pelosi accusing Trump of, you know, every time he makes adjustments, every time... He decides what to do. More and more lives are at stake and more and more lives could possibly be lost during this pandemic in the United States. So it seems like the argument against President Donald Trump for many people is turning into the fact that Trump did not take it seriously. As we saw from the reporter who suggested, you know, that there's this family got together for a funeral. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's what she said. You know, and then they did this and got in a big group mid-March because they did not realize the seriousness of this soon enough. Now, the honest truth is no one knew the seriousness of this. If if we're going, you know, actually there were two different places or organizations that knew the seriousness of this, and that was China and the World Health Organization. And we start to look at it, and we've talked about this in many other episodes. That's why you should listen to every episode of the James Wilson Show. We get into um, get into more topics and expand on them in later episodes. But just to clarify again, China lied to the world. They lied to the World Health Organization. And, you know, they got rid of evidence. There's new evidence suggesting that this could have possibly broken out of a Wuhan lab. You know, all of this. And the World Health Organization took this all for face value. They, they you know, advertised this data that China was giving even when two weeks earlier than what they posted, which I'll tell you in a second, Taiwan said that they had human evidence of human-to-human -human transmission. China said they didn't. Two weeks later, the World Health Organization said there's still no evidence of human-to-human -human transmission. So there's obviously something suspicious that needs to be investigated between the World Health Organization and their relationship with China, and vice versa, because this could seriously impact world health in the future. And 
as I've said, Trump has been doing this right by, by you know, delaying funding to the World Health Organization, we can hope to see that there will be changes made either in their leadership or the way they practice what they've been doing. And it's not to suggest that the World Health Organization doesn't have good doctors. It is to suggest that the leadership is not carrying us through this pandemic and it needs to be adjusted. But anyway, getting back to point, many people are accusing Trump that he did not take this seriously enough. But if you're going to make that point, you're also going to have to make the point that Democrats were doing stuff. If you want to blame this on President Trump, you have to make sure the opposing party, you know, and everyone else did take this seriously. So let's look at what the Democrats were doing. Trump was exactly right by pointing out Nancy Pelosi, who basically on February 24th, I believe, was out in the streets of Chinatown explaining why people should come there and they're ready with open arms and, you know, they want them to join them there. You know, obviously there was some lack of business there at the moment. So Nancy Pelosi went on the streets, you know, telling people that, you know, you know, that they should come. Now, to be completely honest, do I criticize Nancy Pelosi for this action? No, I do not. As the reporter pointed out, Trump did hold these rallies, and that's because no one knew the seriousness of this. Bill de Blasio, in early March, suggested that there's no reason to panic and that people should live their normal daily lives as long as they don't have conditions or, you know, age, aging problems, you know, that could be serious and put them at risk. So you've got all of these things, and I do not blame Bill de Blasio for this. I do not blame Nancy Pelosi for this, and I do not blame Donald Trump for this because no one had the correct data or information at that point in time because the China and World Health Organization lied. Now, this is where Trump pointed out exactly what I'm about to go into. What I do criticize Bill de Blasio for, what I do criticize Nancy Pelosi for, is after they did this, after they said that, they now blame this on President Trump, suggesting that every time Trump fiddles, that more lives are at stake and more people die as Nancy Pelosi. However, she was doing the same thing at that exact point in time. So while I do not criticize the action of the action, you know, of of going out on the streets and telling people to come, Obviously, you know, you should take some precautionary measures while, you know, there is a serious health risk at that point. I, I do not criticize her specifically for that. But when you go out and say Trump is killing people, you know, what Trump is doing is hurting Americans' lives, that's where, you, that's where I start to get angry and that's where you start to realize what the democratic motive, or at least for many of these politicians, what their motive is actually about. And Trump did many very correct things by, you know, in reinstating a Chinese immig immigration ban, you know, travel ban from China very early on. In fact, that was just 17 days after the World Health Organization announced that there's no evidence of human-to-human -human transmission. So Trump is right by taking precautionary measures, such as having a travel ban in China, around Europe, and now, you know, a temporary immigration ban from everywhere— you know, that really saved lives, and that are precautionary actions that should have been taken place. However, if we're going to criticize people for their past actions, you got to look at the data they had during that time. You can't look back and say, oh, now that we know that, you know, this was going to be more serious than we thought and more people are going to die than we thought. You know, you look back just a couple months ago, there were only five cases in the United States. 
So you've got to judge their leadership and position in that time. And that applies to Democrats and Republicans. You know, so you just start to look at that. What else were Democrats doing? When Trump stated that Chinese travel ban temporarily, you know, getting Americans back, but not in, not allowing anyone else in. Democrats were signing articles of impeachment. You could use that same situation that the reporter, you know, was reporting about that I, I would have gone if I had seen that Nancy Pelosi wasn't telling people to come on the streets and that they were busy working on impeachment. I didn't think it was one of their top priorities. You know, so those are things that apply to Democrats and Republicans. So that's why you cannot you know, this is, uh, as Trump pointed out, a democratic talking point. It's, it's a political talking point just to blame the other side. And one of the main reasons why reporters such as, you know, the one we just played a clip of or Nancy Pelosi are doing this is because Trump is running in 2020 against Joe Biden. And as we've played many clips of Joe Biden, reviewed some of his arguments and how he has to appeal to both Bernie, Bernie Sanders supporters and the more moderate supporters, it's going to be a very easy win for Donald Trump. So the only possible way you can try and do this for many for many politicians such as Nancy Pelosi is to keep the economy shut down as long as possible to blame everything there is possible on Trump. And funny enough to mention the Twitter video that showed Nancy Pelosi on the streets in Chinatown, she deleted that. Of you know, of course she deleted that. So while, you know, you can look back and say, "Oh man, you know, Donald Trump should not have held a rally in March." You know, Nancy Pelosi should not have done the same thing, but at the data we had, we didn't know the seriousness of this until later. So if you're going to criticize someone for someone's actions, you got to do it within the context of what they actually know. So our next story happens to be about Andrew Cuomo, one of the main Democratic figures, obviously the Democrat uh, uh, governor, the Democrat from New York, governor from, of New York, who who was recently at a press conference, just like Donald Trump, he's been doing a lot of press conferences. And so one reporter asked him this question. So again, before getting into it, we'll just review, you know, the clip and what they have to say. Some of them are not getting their unemployment check, and they're saying that they don't have time to wait for all of this testing, and they need to get back to work in order to feed their families. Their savings is running out. They don't have another week. They're not getting answers. So their point is the cure can't be worse than the illness itself. What is your response to them? The illness is death. What is worse than death? Somebody commits suicide because they can't pay their bills. Yeah, but the illnesses may be my death as opposed to your death. You said they said the cure is worse than the illness. The illness is death. How can the cure be worse than the illness if the illness is potential death? But what if the what if the economy failing? Worse than death? Is equals death. Very for, because no, of mental it, illness, the people, no, the people stuck at home. No, it doesn't. It doesn't equal death. Economic hardship. Yes, very bad. Not death. Emotional stress from being locked in a house. Very bad. Not death. Uh, um, domestic violence on the increase. 
very bad. Not death. And not death of someone else. See, that's what we have to factor into this equation. Yeah, it's your life. Do whatever you want. But you're not responsible for my life. You have a responsibility to me. It's not just about you. You have a responsibility to me, right? We started here saying, it's not about me, it's about we. Get your head about the, around the we concept. So it's not all about you. It's about me too. It's about we. Also, I get the economic hardship. Everybody gets it. Everybody feels it. Federal government is sending out a check uh, for individuals, $600, an additional $1,200. We are moving heaven and earth to get the unemployment uh, payments going. So we get the economic anxiety. The question is, how do you respond to it? And do you respond to it in a way that jeopardizes public health and possibly causes more people to die? And think about it as if it was your family that might get infected, right? And that's what we're talking about. And when you think about it as your family, you have a different perspective. I'll tell you the truth. It's not an abstract argument where they say, he says, she says, he says, she says. I know that's how it works. Well, the protesters say this, governor says this, protesters say this, governor says this. Okay, think about it as your family might be in the mix. Because when I see 484 New Yorkers die, I feel that it's like people in my family. And nothing comes before the public health risk of somebody else's life. And that's where we are. But they're also saying, if you can't afford to pay me unemployment or you or your system you is will not be set paid. up. You will be paid. But unemployment they, they can't from wait the day. for the they they can't wait for the money. They're out of money. Yeah, we're talking about a couple of days lag on the unemployment insurance, and they will get the check from the date of unemployment. It does not cost them an extra penny. Now they can say Unemployment insurance isn't enough. I get it. Uh, even with a $600 check and the $1,200 check and the unemployment insurance benefit is not enough. I understand the economic hardship. We all feel it. The question is, what do you do about it? And do you put public health at risk? And do you drive up the number of deaths for it? Because you have no idea how to reopen now. But they're saying that... Is there a fundamental right to work if the government can't get me the money when I need it? Is there yeah, a fundamental right to work? You want to go to work? Go take a job as an essential worker. Do it tomorrow. All right, so some very interesting comments by Andrew Cuomo. We will not be getting into all of them. Obviously, there's a lot to tackle here. Um, but I do want to get into two of the main points that he made. The first, what he said at the end, that if you want to work, you can get a job as an essential worker. And going back to reopening the economy, which is what was mainly, you know, the debate and clash between the reporter and Governor Cuomo was. 
So if you want to listen to the full episode where I talk about public health and the economy, you can actually go listen to that. It's titled Public Health Versus Economy. So you can go listen to that. But I do want to give a brief explanation in this podcast because we did just listen to that clip. So interesting points made by Andrew Cuomo. And I will give him one point, which he said, you know, when they're comparing people committing suicide, obviously a terrible thing because they can't pay their bills and they're getting laid off. He did say that public health, you know, the coronavirus, by you going out, you can infect others who can also get sick and die. So suicide's bad, you know, uh, mental illness and depression during these times is especially hard, and we should look at that. But he does make a good point about, you know, the pandemic and how you can affect others and their lives. However, what I do want to get into, however, is by this argument, we should wreck the entire economy forever because when you start to look at it, the flu kills twenty to 60,000 Americans every year. And that is not something that we close down the economy for. Do you know why? Because governors, mayors, the president, members of Congress all realize that if you shut down the biggest world economy, you know, behind China, if you shut down one of the biggest world economies... You, can ca- you, you would cause serious things. First, you would have really high unemployment rate. You would destroy capitalism in this country. And you would have many workers and t- American citizens who are having to rely on the government for money, food, shelter, you know, housing, all these things that you can think of. And that's something we can't do. So there is an economic and public health balance between that. If you really want to make the argument by the same argument that he is making, you could state that we should close down the economy forever for forever for everything, including the flu that kills thousands of people not just people around the world, but Americans, every year. Another important part to recognize is the, that the economy has le- lasting effects. You sh- the more you shut down America and the longer you shut down America, the, the more effects it's going to have. The, the higher unemployment rate you have, the more money is being consumed you know, the gov- more money government is giving to Americans to help sustain their life. And not only is that unsustainable on the government part, but it also creates this idea of government reliance. So these are all very big issues. The longer you keep the economy closed, more and more b- small businesses and businesses at this point will close down. And that is something when you do reopen the economy, because we will have to eventually reopen the economy There won't be any businesses left and we'll have to start over. That would wreck our economy and it would wreck our current system and it would wreck capitalism. All things that we need, you know, we need to address at this moment. So the second thing he said is, is that, you know, if you want to get a job, you can get a job as essential worker. So basically, from this standpoint, he's basically saying your job is no longer essential if you work in one of these places that we shut down your business. So we shut you down. You can go to work somewhere else that is quote-unquote important, again, labeled by the government. Now, it is important to realize, yes, we need food to live. You know, if you had a choice between a speaker 
and a food and food you need food to live and i understand that part but the part that gets me is that government the government is labeling businesses essential or unessential but to workers and families that business is essential no matter what because it's an income that they can use to spend in their communities and to buy food to buy a house or apartment or wherever you may live so they're saying that your job is no longer essential so we shut you down you can go somewhere else that is important if you want a job. Now, will this sustain everybody? Is there enough jobs at this point that are accepting this amount of people? Can everyone who just lost their job go to another essential job? Are they really hiring at this point? So that's the first question we have to ask. And the second question that we have to ask is, will this sustain everybody? If someone was working a really good job, so they bought a bigger house, or, you know, they got a nice car. Is is a job at Walmart really going to sustain the lifestyle that they left behind? Because in reality, many people did not see this coming. In reality, nobody saw this coming because the China, because China and the World Health Organization, you know, China lied and the World Health Organization spread those lies and taking everything that they had to say for face value, even though they had other evidence from other countries that this you know, the circumstances of this pandemic may be a little different. So all things we have to consider, it is not just public health, and that is not the only thing we need to consider in this equation. It's a delicate balance between public health and the economy. And if you don't treat that right, if you if you close the economy for too long because you're focused too much on public health, you'll destroy our country, our economic system, and our freedoms. Because when everyone's reliant on the government, that's when people give up their freedoms for money, for food, for shelter. And that is not something we can accept in the United States, the most prosperous country in the world. And now we've been hit by a pandemic. So the last thing I want to talk about today is the phase four stimulus bill. So what is the phase four stimulus bill? Well, it's a, an additional add-on, an additional stimulus bill that's estimated to cost another $1 trillion at this point. We've already spent $2 trillion and Mitch McConnell is starting to raise questions about this, which he should rightly be doing. So let's just, uh, the Hill reports, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell hit the brakes Tuesday on any speculation that Congress would quickly pass a phase four coronavirus bill, saying that lawmakers need to begin thinking about the country's growing debt. McConnell, speaking to reporters after the passage of of a $484 billion interim bill, said more funding would not solve the problem sparked by the rapid spread of the coronavirus, which has cratered the economy. I think it is also time to begin to think about the amount of debt we're adding to our country and the, the, and the future impact of that. Until we can begin to open up the economy, we can't spend enough money to solve the problems, McConnell said. Let's weigh this very carefully because the future of our country in terms of the amount of debt that we're adding up is a matter of genuine concern, he added. So all very good points. And you start to see that there's a key difference between Democrats and Republicans. And this is going back to the public health versus the economy, you know, balance. What Democrats are saying or and the Democrats in Washington are saying is that we need to keep the economy closed to save as many public health lives as possible. Now, everyone realizes that if you do this, you're going to have to provide more and more and more money. And as McConnell stated, we can't spend enough money to solve the problem. The longer you spend this money, 
you know, the, the longer the economy is closed, the more money you'll be spending. And this is going to become unsustainable. A $2 trillion bill last month, this month another $1 trillion bill, and this isn't enough money to really sustain America as it was before this pandemic. And another important issue to address is where does the government get its money? It gets its money from the taxpayers. If everyone's out of business, if you've closed down the entire economy, you can't keep funding these $1 trillion bills. You're going to bankrupt everyone. If no one can go to work, no one's earning money. If no one's earning money, tax the taxes that the government takes in are not going to be high, and that's when you got a real crisis. And so that's why you got to start looking towards the economy, opening up the economy, you know, so taxes start coming in again, so people start getting back to work, so businesses can stay open as they're on the brink of you know, brink of bankruptcy right now. So these are all things that we have to consider, and that's where we see the difference between Republicans and Democrats. Democrats under uh, Republicans understand that there's a debt crisis, and the longer you keep this closed, the more money you're going to have to keep continuing providing to Americans. So to combat this, what they want to do is open the economy, make sure no one no one else loses their job or no one else is small business goes out so you can sustain the economy from that point and you don't create a system of government reliance. The Democrats' strategy through this all is to keep keep the economy closed to save as many public health lives as possible and while doing that taking control of the liberties we we you know love in this country and that's shutting down public places you know arresting people for not social distancing so these are all consequences we're going to see and the longer the longer the economy is closed we have to face it that the more money we're going to have to be paying and that's something we cannot we cannot pay the bill we don't have enough money the government is already 22 trillion dollars in debt spent $2 trillion last month and is planning to spend another trillion this month. So Mitch McConnell does make very good points about the debt, and this is something that we should be concerned about. So instead of focusing on giving more money, we should focus on opening the opening the economy so we don't have to go to this alternative solution. So instead of working on a phase four bill, instead we should be working on a bill to reopen America so Americans can get back to work keep that steady income coming in that they had before this pandemic so they can feed their families and still continue to have a roof over their head. Now, one thing that may come out of this is many, um, especially in the media, might suggest that Republicans are putting money before lives. However, this is absolutely not true. If you create a a system of government that promotes government reliance, that's when they take away their liberties, and that's when everyone lives in poverty. So it is not that Republicans are putting money before lives. We're putting a more pragmatic solution that will help sustain workers in the long run, you know, than just giving more and more money that would create a system of more government reliance. So that's it for this episode of The James Wilson Show. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you Friday.